Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. Well, there's an emergency at the border. Probably most of you have heard this. We got the uh, YouTube video today. I'm going to share it with you in just a moment. But uh, what a day it is in Northwest Arkansas and many places throughout our country. We have received, I looks like somewhere between six and eight inches of snow already. It is a white winter wonderland. I wish I could show it to you. It's absolutely brilliant outside. There's not a place that is not covered with snow, and it is gorgeous, and it's wonderful, and it makes for kind of a sleepy day because it's still snowing. It got, the skies are still gray, but uh, it could be worse. There could be ice. There could be sleet. There could be slippery situations. I've seen people actually out on the road already this morning in their trucks because I think my wife, Patricia Joy, she prayed and we were supposed to have a wintry mix of sleet and ice and supposed to be some really nasty stuff, ice on the streets, the branches, the power lines. Well, she prayed and everybody insisted that the weather report has to be right. And if the weather report says it's going to happen, then it has to be that way. And she was wondering, where's the voice of the church? Where is the voice of believers that remember that our master was out at sea and the winds and the waves were roaring? And he rebuked them and sent them away. And it seemed every time she was trying to tell people, come on, let's get into agreement that this doesn't get nasty. Um, you know, we kind of joked around with it a little bit that we would. Um, that's, that's an interesting call right there. I can find out what's going on there. Uh, let's see if we have Phil. Oh, we've got a 217 already. What's happening here? 
Let's go see what's going on in Erico 217. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. 217, what's going on? God bless you too, sir. Uh, I'm Joshua. How you doing? Looks like we lost Josh. All right. Well, Josh, try to call back when you can. Uh, Joshua, Joshua, Joshua. All right. So, Josh, give us a call back. I had another call just come in on my phone as well. So, um, anyways, I was saying that we're trying to get the voice of the Ecclesia back and get the church moving in more of a governmental authority. And so when Patricia was praying that it wouldn't be as nasty as they were saying, well, sure enough, it's beautiful, but it's nowhere as nasty as what they were saying. I mean, it's a little snow on the ground. We, that happens in the winter time. Uh, and, you know, I grew up in Jersey City, New Jersey, and I've seen a lot of snow in my lifetime. And, you know, nobody used to get all weirded out over a snowstorm. And, um, you know, my Patricia grew up in Chicago, and the people up in um, Alberta right now, 27 degrees below zero, plus the wind chill. And what are they doing? The people that are out there at 27 below zero, they're fighting for their country. And I want you to hear this video, and I want some more people to get online to actually uh, get along with the stream, um, because the church is better. It has to find its voice. It has to find its authority, or else every time a news agency says something, or the federal government says something, or you know, some sophisticated outlet of information says something, the church just goes along with it. Where is the voice of the church to deny the things that the world is saying? I mean, Jesus was very upset with his generation when he said, you know, you could tell the signs of the times. Oh, it's going to be rainy tomorrow. The red, the red sky is lowering and, you know, and all these different things. And, and he said, you could discern the signs of the, the sky, but you don't discern the signs of the times. And yet when... Jesus needed to deal with weather. He did. And then he said that we are to do the same thing, but we just aren't finding that faith. We're, not, we're kind of like okay with it. Um, and yet I think it would be a little disastrous today if there would have been ice on the branches and then ice on the power poles and the ice branches, like they said, we're going to fall on the power poles and do a lot of damage. Well, you know, that's not happening in our region right now because people did pray. And there was virtually zero agreement. I mean, everybody just made sure they, they got their plans going. You know, this is the way it's going to be, so we're going to go with it. In church, if you do that, if you're a believer and you just go with that, uh, it may not just be a little snowstorm. It may be something a lot bigger down the road. And uh, you'll find yourself just cooperating with whatever they tell you to do, believe it or not. It is another sign of the times. I wonder sometimes if God doesn't give us, you know, these opportunities to put faith to work to let our voices be heard. And it's super important that we do. We're living in unprecedented times. We're living in times of all kinds of shifts going on everywhere around the world. And we have to be as wise as serpents, gentle as doves, and we've got to find our voice. We've got to find our voice. Now, what are people doing 27 degrees below zero at the border of Alberta, Canada? I want to share the video with you. I'm going to bring it back online here. So let me get this in shared for, I think there's enough people right now that could actually uh, see the screen. And let's see what other folk are doing out there today. And let's bring in our breaking ground news. I'm going to share this and I'm going to play this for us. So let me make sure that all our audio is going well. And
All right, so there we have the video of what's going on on the border of Alberta. Did you hear the temperatures? 27 degrees below zero, plus the wind chill, and people are gathering together to fight against the federal government. Fight against it meaning stand against the, encro the, the encroachment of the federal government into their private lives and forcing them to capitulate to governmental control and power and while this man is shouting and begging people to show up, there are people today that can't show up for simple little stuff. How are they ever going to show up for the big stuff that's coming down the pike? And it's because of a lack of organization. It's because people are very self-centered. People do what they want to do, whatever's convenient for them. They have no leadership. And even if there is leadership, they're not willing to do it to inconvenience their own little lives. And so you wonder, where is this all going to go? This is just an example 
of what is coming down the pike in our nation. And we have a sleepy little church that gets, you know, it's like they, they run and, and, and hide from a, a shaken leaf, the Bible says, uh, whereas the righteous are as bold as a lion. And yet the people that you would think would be the first ones in or the last ones to show up or never do show up. And you just wonder how things are going to go with that kind of mental attitude um, going on right now. So, so they have an urgent issue in Canada, but again, that's way far north. That's way far away from everybody here. And uh, nobody here really needs to be concerned about Canada, the border, Alberta. Those are the Canadians. Leave them alone. But what happens when it comes here? What happens when the war intensifies right here at home? You know, then I think people think, well, in their mind, well, I'm going to do something about it then. Um, and yet right now they're having a hard time just doing simple little things simple little things and it's absolutely terrifying into uh, some degree it just simply is and so um, I've got a number of calls coming in immediately this morning I need to find out what's going on here and I'm going to take this call again from 217 someone named Joshua let's take that call good morning Joshua how are you today what's going on hello Josh are you there you can't get a hold of Josh. Let's try this 479-619. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. I hey, wasn't hey. I, didn't, I, I was going to tell you that I couldn't hear uh, the, the video thing through, through the phone. You weren't able to hear it. Okay. I, Josh, it was not. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm, I'm working on getting Omega Radio back on. I restarted my computer. Okay. Okay. Very, very so good. Anyway, I, yep. All right. Let us know how that works out, okay? Uh, the audio on this side was doing good. Let me. I'll do another test on it, and I'll replay the video, by the way. So let me do that. Uh, by the way, and thank you for that call, um, by the way, we are broadcasting on OmegaRadio.org and on nwmglobal.org. Let me try Josh again over here at area code 217. Good morning, Joshua. Are you there, sir? Yes, sir, I am. How you doing? Okay. What's going on, man? Sorry for the disconnect earlier. Uh, no, you're fine. No, no. I mean, I, I love, I actually love that little, everybody's trying to sort things out. I appreciate that. That means that people working in tandem. I appreciate that the most. Amen. Amen. What's on your heart this morning, Josh? The stuff that is happening in Ottawa, Canada right now with those truckers, God bless every single one of the people that showed up. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, my heart melts every time because they're honking their horns, right? The great honking is what they're calling it. It's like the great happening, but the great honking. Uh, they're showing up because they're trying – the government in Canada – is trying to force vaccine mandates on the truckers and the truckers are like uh we're not doing that you can't tell us what to do literally uh you have that concept of uh never mess with the person that serves you your food but they're messing with the person that delivers the food to the person that serves you your food (laughs) does that make sense yeah absolutely absolutely a good point. Yeah, so I mean, it, yeah, it's it's a it's a no-win game that the that Trudeau and after everything happened, you know, he ran away. He didn't yeah. want to deal with the people that he 
he he didn't want to deal with the people that he uh this wasn't an action this was a reaction and he didn't want to deal with the people that were responding to his mandates and yeah so here we are this is not going to get pretty anytime soon you know it's going to be annoying but it's better that a bunch of truckers honk their horns than people shoulder rifles and respond in a different way. I'm just saying, this is the best possible outcome. We didn't have to do violence. God bless them. Yeah, very good. I have to agree with that. And uh, do, you, do you see in the near future where the truckers will go away and the federal government of Canada will prevail and they will enforce their laws? What do you see happening in the future, Josh? I don't think... Well, Canada only has like, what, 30-something million people, right? Right. I think. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody look that up. And yeah, yeah, please. Please tell me the population. But yeah, but it's like one-tenth of the population of America. And uh, the prime minister is treating the people of Canada terribly. And he's putting all these mandates that are so unnecessary on the people that actually make that entire country work. That's the truckers. Nothing. I don't know why people like. Is this new? <laughs> is this new information to people? If if it's not only if you don't aren't building things, there won't be things. But if you aren't building things and things aren't being delivered, there won't be things. Uh, that was an Elon Musk thing. But it's astonishing to me that they don't care, especially in Canada, where it's very, like, they have, like, what, 12 cities, and they're all sprawled across our border, like, within 50 miles of our border, but it's a very long drive. (laughs) So it's astonishing that they would actually think that it's okay, especially the prime minister, that he would think it was okay. To, to put them under more pressure than they're already at when they're already in Canada, the Great White North, where they're driving on ice, they're driving through snow, car crashes all the time, everything's terrible all the time. And then you're also going to put them through uh, some kind of vaccine mandate restrictions. And what, what, what's the point of that? You don't want food to be delivered to the northern provinces. You don't want food to be delivered to... Regina, you don't care about the people in your country. That's fine if you don't care about the people in your country, Prime Minister. <laughs> I'm just saying this is this is the stuff that they're actually pointing out is that there is no way that anything in Canada truckers taking products to locations, and it's the same thing in America. And I hope that Americans and and all of our politicians down here kind of take note as to what's happening up there and take note because it would not be that difficult for them to do the same thing down here and they're already doing it again in Australia they're they're going to Canberra <laughs> I mean so why why are we why are we pushing this note leave the truckers alone let them deliver their product and the shipping containers that they have lined up on all the coast <laughs> are you kidding me it's the same thing. Leave them alone. They're delivering products. Leave them alone. Because if you don't make stuff, you can't deliver stuff, there is no stuff. 
Yeah, this, Josh, is the gentle appeal of somebody that has love in their heart and cares enough about, you know, just communicating a, just simple logic. Um, and yet what we have heard, and this is coming from doctors and nurses local to us that have actually been in our fellowship and are a part of our ministry, nursing for 47 years and doctors who have been in it for 30-some-odd years. And what we were heard from them, and this is probably older news, but the, the, the medical situation here in the United States where doctors and nurses that refused to get vaccinated were ousted, and so they just went into Haiti and other places, and they brought their nurses and their doctors to fill the void in the hospitals in our country. And I could imagine that eventually they'll just call for some drivers from, uh, I don't know, you know, maybe Haiti, maybe from uh, different parts of the world where these vaccinated people uh, will come in. Did, and they'll You didn't hear the about that? You didn't hear no, about that? They said that they, 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 they said that they were trying to... Uh, 18, 19, and, like, they were trying to bring teenagers in to be truck drivers to replace yeah. the people. Yeah, that, that okay, so their entire thing is ruin kids' lives and also make those kids deliver our food for us. I mean, I, I, I don't know how high I could put my hands up in disgust. I mean, there you this, go. I, I don't understand. I don't understand what these people are trying to accomplish here. You you do realize, uh, I mean, the politicians, I'm not worried so much about the people. The people will, they'll, they'll always have networks. But the politicians that are making the rules, they do realize that if they cut off the supply network for the people, they also cut off the supply network for themselves. And the first thing that's going to happen when the people run out of food is they're going to the politicians' houses <laughs> To, to raid their pantry. I mean, I don't know. I, this is this is not new to me, but yeah, this is astonishing. They don't they don't look ahead. They think, oh, how how can I get power in three months, six months, nine months, and then they're like, oh, people are starving in three months, and then oh crap, I you know I got raided <laughs> in four months. They don't think they don't think that people are gonna respond. We're Americans. We weren't. We our entire country is founded on not trusting the government to begin with, but they go out of their way, it seems these days, to make that like cemented. <laughs> they go out of their way to make it cemented in our minds that yeah, they're untrustworthy people. <laughs> what are we supposed to do with that? Yeah, well, that's a great question, and that's where I think leadership is uh, – uh, there's a great big void of leadership, and I think everybody was looking to Donald Trump to lead the way. I remember his last uh, speech in Texas a few days ago. Uh, he said there needed to be the greatest protests in the United States of America, calling on those 80 million people that voted for him to get out of their comfort zone and go out and do something about the, uh, you know, the forcible uh, federal government – encroachment into the lives of people to control and dominate them. It's really insane. It's, it's really amazing, but it is biblical. And this is biblical reality. As we look at the signs of the times through a biblical lens, Josh, we're seeing the book of Revelation coming alive. I mean, a one world government. People either are going to cooperate with it or they're going to be against it. If they're against it, they're going to be the enemy. And uh, this is the way that it works biblically. So we should all be recognizing, standing up, resisting the devil, and he'll flee from you. But here they're resisting in Canada, and it looks like uh, the government's making a move to shut them down. And uh, I guess time is going to tell what happens up in Canada. 
I'm just, I'm just going to say this right now. God bless those truckers and everybody that supports them up there. Man, yeah, amen. The way that they're standing up, and the way that they're standing up, they didn't have to throw a single punch, not a single, not a single drop of blood was shed. They just went around and they were annoying as hell. I love that. God bless them. Because, Amen. yeah, all, all they had to do, all they had to do was remind an entire nation who actually is important. <laughs> and, you know, I've never heard a trucker complain. I'm actually, um, I'm training to be a dispatcher now to dispatch truckers all over America. And I've never heard a trucker complain about anything. <laughs> but now they're just like, you're not going to tell me how to live my life. And God bless them. Yeah, amen. Well, we have a lot of truckers listening right now uh, that are out on the road here in the United States, and uh, I wonder the thoughts that are swirling through their minds about what they see potentially coming to this nation and uh, forced vaccinations and all these different things. It's, uh, you know, the next couple of months are going to be very, very strong telling months. We'll see what happens. Uh, Josh, where are you actually calling from? I'm calling from Chicago. You're in Chicago. Oh, the land of my beloved wife, Patricia Joy. Uh, in the city okay. or? I apologize. Yeah. I apologize for her. Uh, let me just say that for your, for your, uh, is that your wife? Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, yeah, this is the most corrupt state except for yeah. maybe New York, New Jersey or California. <laughs> We're right up <laughs> That's there. That's right. You know, there's a little place in Arkansas <laughs> called Chicago land where all the Chicagans left and they came to Arkansas and built a little society down here, uh, in Arkansas. So, uh, we sure do miss the Johnny's Beef. We miss the uh, the Chicago Dogs and the Chicago Deep Dish Pizza. We know that. Um, but, Josh, man, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it so much. God bless you, sir. Thank you. God bless you. All right, that's a great call coming in from Joshua in Chicago. Let's take another call coming in right now from area code 605695. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast, South Dakota. Coming in loud and clear. Yes, good morning. I uh, just wanted to make a comment concerning how what the strategy of communism is when they are taking over a country or a nation. It's the food. They cut the food off because then they control the people. And so we are watching in Canada and throughout other areas of the world, including America. That's exactly what it is. It is communism, which is antichrist behind communism. And if this gentleman or whoever is listening would check out to see who the biological father of their prime minister, Trudeau, is, they will be shocked. And who is it, Kathy? Fidel Castro. So you're saying Fidel Castro is the father of Trudeau? Correct. I've heard that before. I heard that years ago. And is that substantiated? Is that factual evidence? Or is that still what is considered conspiracy theory? Well, of course, the regular media would call it conspiracy theory. But, you know, there is a gentleman, and I think I can use his name, uh, that brings out these type of things, and it's uh, true news, Rick Wiles. Yeah, Rick's doing a great job. They really are. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, they study it out. They research it out, and uh, they're a bit controversial, no doubt about it, especially when it came to the 
the paradigm of things Jewish and uh, Zionistic. Uh, they they kind of went in a, a direction there. But as far as they're reporting on the news, they're doing a great job, and they do bring a lot of enlightenment. So I agree with that. So if Castro is the father of Trudeau, then Trudeau has grown up in some communistic ideologies and some globalist ideologies because communists always want to be at the top of the pyramid controlling the people. Is that correct? That's correct. And I, I met a gentleman years ago, my husband and I did, from the country of Romania. And uh, as we talked on a daily basis while he was our, um, in our home, he told me this. He said, and because Romania had been under communism for 40 years and uh, Ceausescu was their leader and he was taken out uh, by the people. And so anyway, he told me this. He said, sister, always remember communism is straight out of the pit of hell. Yeah, absolutely. And we've our globalist leaders or the people that lead in global positions uh, move in that direction of Marxism. Carl, you know, uh, Karl Marx was the study of Hillary Clinton, and you go on down to the Barack Obamas that are both communistic and Islamic and all ideologies resisting the true God of heaven and earth, the rejection of the Messiah of the world, the one and only true Messiah of the world, Jesus Christ, the very narrow-minded view for a, you know, a multifaceted uh, mind of man. And yet God said, this is the only way into salvation through my son. He's the rightful heir. He's the one that died for the sins of the whole world and the rejection of global leaders. And uh, do you see this, Kathy, as biblical times, end time Bible prophecy in motion from your perspective? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, we are definitely living in the fulfillment of Revelations, the book of Revelations, and uh, we are in that time period, yes. And so, you know, if you read the last chapter and the last book of the Bible, you'll find out who wins, and a lot of us understand that. But people need to understand and Get understanding. It says, with all you're getting, get understanding. And it, we need to know three things as long as you're an earthling on this earth. You need to know what's going on politic, spiritually first in your nation. Then you need to know what's going on politically and economically because all three of those factors will affect you as you are living on this earth. Amen. Amen. All right, so you bring up an excellent point. Control the food, control the people. And now this, uh, the shipping containers that Josh brought up that are out on the coast, the truckers that are protesting, the forced vaccination mandate, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so the supply, um, you know, I noticed the other day I went to a, a car lot because I needed to get an oil change, and that particular car lot had zero vehicles to sell to sell on their lot and I was talking to some people and it, it's just like it's it, it's like a tsunami you have an earthquake where it happens and then that moment where the ripple effect goes out and sometimes a gentleman last night I was talking to his business did fine for when COVID hit for the first year but a year later that ripple effect hit his industry and they have suffered because of a lack of business so the effects of the things that are happening, I mean, this in Canada is a rock in the pond, but the ripple effect we haven't seen yet, and we have not yet seen the fullness of the effect of this whole pandemic thing that's been going on. So uh, we're in for a ride. 
the waves are rising and uh, time is getting short and people need to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now, Kathy. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless. God bless you, and thank you for sharing that information. That was awesome. All right, let's take our next call this morning coming in from area code 858-864. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning, and I praise God for the wisdom I just heard from, I believe her name is Kathy. Can you get a little closer to your microphone, a little closer to your phone? Okay. Can you hear me now? A little bit, yeah. I'll do our best. Go ahead. Okay, I'll do my best. Uh, If you can't hear me, please let me know. The woman that just called, Kathy, spoke the absolute truth of what is going on, not only in our nation and in Canada, but all over the world. And that is the move of the Antichrist spirit, which is communism. It is an antichrist spirit, has been from the very go of these who have established it in Russia. Russia for a while died, was wounded, had no power concentration in Germany. And then it got loose and was able to perform again and work again. Went through China and is now in full force. And what she's talking about regarding Canada, the prime minister, I heard the same, that he is definitely of that friendship. And so here we are today, ships not able to come in to support the food and other things that are so necessary to have because we're no longer independent, independent in manufacturing and growing our own any longer, prime in this area. And then the Russian or the Antichrist spirit of communism rose up to various individuals who took away this right unknowing to us as we were asleep. Now we're becoming alive, we're becoming aware, and we begin to see what is really going on. And it's a full-force Antichrist spirit and it is also doing its work in the United Nations. So, folks, we're there. We are there. The question is, what do we do now? Do we just pray, stand, and make our decisions as to what is the purpose for our life in seeking God? I believe we do. I think it's time not only to prepare, as it was already mentioned, spiritually, but physically, and get ourselves in the divine move of the Holy Spirit and become one as the body of Christ in understanding and in wisdom. And the power of the Holy Spirit will work on our behalf. And by the way, I do pray and ask for those trusters to have divine wisdom, Canada, under this ridiculously cold weather. And that's another thing that has been tampered with. So we stand unmovable, realizing we have been given the authority to speak. And when we speak and we speak the truth, we are asked by the angels of God to make a difference in what we are saying 
and what we are claiming. But we have to have faith to know it. And we have to have one mind, one spirit, and one judgment within the church and become truly united. That's an outstanding point. You know, Patricia, I was just thinking as you were talking that we live in a world today. You say, well, what are we supposed to do? Um, We live in a world today that just exercised its political, governmental, satanic power where a man won an election in the greatest nation on the face of the earth. The man is Donald J. Trump. He won the election, and yet the powers that be globally around the world were able to cheat and to dissolve that victory and to promote another man who is nothing but a puppet, who everybody knows, and this is not to be insulting to the man, it just means he's really not in control. He is really being used by puppet masters And he is just sitting in that place in a political power, in an office, for whatever that means. But we are witnessing the flexation of global government's strength and power to literally undermine the the masses within the greatest nation on the face of the earth. We are literally witnessing that happening in our country. So you ask yourself, if the politicians, if the global government, if the global powers were able to do that and then just send everybody scurrying and fighting and arguing over what's going on in our country and around the world. And, you know, well, Donald won, but they cheated and they took him in and the, the votes were messed up. But, no, but there's nobody that could do anything. You wonder what could anybody do about anything else? I mean, if there was a time to stand up in this country as an American citizen to have your votes counted where over 80 million people voted for the true president of the United States, and yet they were sent into the, uh, into the, into the, you know, into areas of hiding because this new regime of power threatened everybody. Um, you, it makes you wonder if there's anything anybody could really do um, in the days that we're living in to stop this kind of encroachment right now we're getting and, and thank you so much patricia for that call your your call uh you know busted out it was a great comment uh brian and kathy from hawaii are are chatting right now saying austria now we're going to go to austria uh we'll start fining people this week who refuse a covid vaccine effectively making the jab mandatory for almost everyone All right, so as it goes around the world, and I was just thinking, you know, our friends to the north of us in Canada, you know, we don't know much about Canada. Uh, There's always been, you know, they're there and uh, and all of that. But I want to read something that I thought was very interesting out of the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you, and I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command you, you shall speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. 
And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. The almond tree was the fastest. It was one that came up first in the springtime. So God saying, I'm going to hasten my word to perform it. The, the word of the Lord came unto me the second time, saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a seething pot. And the face thereof is toward the north. And the Lord said unto me, out of the north, an evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land. For lo, I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north, saith the Lord. They shall come and they shall set everyone his throne at the entering of the gates of Jerusalem and against all the walls thereof round about and against all the cities of Judah. And I will utter my judgments against them, touching all their wickedness, who have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods, and worship the works of their own hands. Therefore, thou gird up the loins and arise, speak unto them all that I command you, be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound you before them. For behold, I have made thee this day a defense city and an iron pillar and brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof against the priests thereof and against the people of the land, and they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with you, saith the Lord, to deliver you. You can put that into modern terms today. What is that actually saying about today? If we could take Bible prophecy and see its dualistic nature in a society like ours, in a world like ours, it just sounds like God that was dealing with Israel for its sins and bloody crimes against the Lord and their uh, they're forsaking the Lord and burning incense to other gods, worshiping the works of their own hands. Everything that we have done, triple it, that anything could have possibly been done in the days of Israel. This Judeo-Christian nation has been violently uh, aggressive against the Lord, not only forsaking and turning away from the Lord, but literally has gone to war with God. That's been happening for an entire generation. Now the day of accountability is coming, and God has been warning this nation for how long? If you don't turn, you're going to burn. And now comes the time of accountability where we actually can see a global community, a global environment from the north, from the west even, from the east and from the south. You can see, you can begin to see those armies rising, and they're not just going to be put off over into Ukraine and Russia and into European nations. So we're getting ready for a massive global World War III with the determination of the globalist community to, it appears, to wipe out at least 80 million people in the United States of America who are resisting their will and desire for global control. And the problem is, again, if they can cheat by removing a duly elected president, which Donald J. Trump was the true elected president, and they wouldn't even hear the case, and so that's in the minds of 80 million people. If they can do that and the people do nothing in response but wait and hope for another election two years from now, well, between now and two years from now, my goodness, I mean, they have a lot of power to do a lot of things to let that never happen. So the resistance in my heart about Donald J. Trump winning in 2024 is I don't believe they're going to let that happen. 
They didn't let him win in 2020. So why are they going to let him win in 2024? Oh, we figured things out. We haven't figured anything out yet. We still don't know who is really behind all this stuff that's really going on around the world. And when you discover that it is the all-seeing eye of Freemasonry or the Illuminati, which is all backed by Satan and the design of spiritual energy and power and mass and force and all of that, and then we see what's happening around the world, Austria, Australia, Canada, the battle, it's all forming governmental control over the nations and then bringing those nations against the targeted nation the United States to break it. And right now we're so divided, we have, you know, information biblically, and even warriors know, divide and conquer. Divide the nation, you'll break the nation. Divide the nation, you'll conquer the nation. Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. So we're at a moment where we need to take a stand, but there really is no stand because of the division. And you ask yourself, there's only one thing that could possibly work. And it's true. The only thing that would ever work for the sovereignty of the United States of America, one nation under God, indivisible, one nation under God, indivisible, undivided, would be for both sides to come that are Americans and bow their knee before the King of Glory who gave this nation to the Founding Fathers, to the Puritans, to the folk that came in the 1600s and established a Christian nation, planted a cross not an Islamic symbol or a Buddhist symbol or any other symbol. They came here and they planted a cross and they built churches, not mosques, not Hindu temples, not Confucius temples. They built churches. They built governments. They built neighborhoods. They built all these things. And even our universities in the history of America were grooming grounds to send missionaries around the world. Many of our colleges and universities were built by the founders of this nation to groom the young people and to send their energy to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to establish righteousness in government. I mean, it was really the view. Now, if all of those American citizens, whether they be you know, left or right or whatever, if they would come to a conclusion that if we don't unite under the banner of the glory of Jesus Christ first, and under the banner of our patriotism, second, um, we're going to be destroyed. And the people that are right now on both sides of this issue, when Black Lives Matter, Antifa, this global conglomerate that's been used like pawns on the table of chess, they've been sent forth to upheaval things and unnerve people and, 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 and become a, a source of intimidation and violence. Um, you know, these are just the pawns. We haven't seen the big boy yet, the rook. We haven't seen the castles move. We haven't seen, uh, you know, the major authorities because they've been very well hidden. They've been very well protected. And if the people don't do anything and we just remain divided, looking at each other from across the lines, there's only one inevitable reality, and that is collapse. And if things don't change, if the left and the right don't humble themselves and say, dear God, forgive me for what I've done, and you know even as I'm saying it, that is not going to happen. America has crossed the point of no return. That was spoken by the Spirit of the Lord in 2003 when God said, do not pray for this nation anymore. They have crossed the point of no return. 
rather pray for my people that are in this nation that they will be able to navigate through the coming collapse upon this nation. That was in 2003. And a lot of friends said, no, that would never be the word of the Lord. We're supposed to keep praying. Well, and they were saying, you know, it's going to get better. Things are going to turn. And well, I've been watching now for how many years? 19 years, 19 years ago, the spirit of the Lord said America has crossed the point of no return. And I've been watching. Has it ever come back? Has it ever become that great nation again? Even while President Donald J. Trump was in power, was it a greater nation? No, we saw more violence than ever before. We saw a lot of bad stuff happening in response to the good stuff that was trying to happen, but it showed the fault lines within our nation of division. That's what really happened. That's a fact. And now he's gone. The people don't know what to do. There's no leadership. They're hoping he'll come back, and they're looking at their clock, oh, man, give me yeah, two years, and maybe these upcoming midterm elections, we better get our Republicans in there. So the response to all the issues is political, and yet we just saw that they stopped. The duly elected president of the United States, who won the election, they literally watched the, the multitudes, him lose the election through election fraud through deception, because there were greater powers. We even remember that Donald J. Trump said in one of his speeches, you will not be seeing me, for I have some very powerful enemies who are very wealthy. He said that in one of his speeches. So who are these very powerful enemies that were able to get a hold of him, even though 80 million people would have followed him into what is right and true, but it was all told, stand down, stand down. There are greater powers. What do we think is going to happen? We're going to kind of, you know, go for the next four years, and they're going to change. Those people are going to change. They're going to supposed to be arrested and locked down. Last time I checked, all the real criminals are still walking around. They're still speaking their speeches. Uh, you know, it's, it's a very weird moment in the history of the world if you don't know what's going on. But if you do understand what's going on, if you're looking through the biblical lens at the signs of the times, you kind of do know what's happening in this country. You do get it. So Austria, uh, Austria is about to get jabbed everywhere. All right, still waiting for your calls. The number to call, 818-369-0326, is the number to call. I know people don't want to hear that message. Believe me, it's not an easy message to hear or to speak. I know when God ordained Jeremiah to speak, here's what's going to happen. People didn't like it. People turn a deaf ear to this kind of stuff. They don't want to hear it. They want to go on with their lives and everything to be normal. Here's the problem. What happens when they come to force you into their paradigm or into their new world order of things is that if you resist that, your life will never be normal again. So the idea of being at ease in Zion and just being comfortable with the way things are and just kind of you know, just waiting for things is not very healthy. It's a very, very difficult thing to do. And I understand. I understand. We just want to live our lives here on earth, which are like a vapor. And we want to get on with, uh, you know, raising our families or taking care of our business and going on vacation and having a brilliant life. And we want things to be like they were, you know, some time ago. Uh, we want to, you know, go out and evangelize and be okay with that and, you know, touch the life of people and everything normal. We just want everything normal. And um, now it's abnormal. This is not normal. 
as Brian brought up yesterday, it's the fourth turning, the fourth turning, uh, which is the crisis. Um, the only difference between 2,000 years of turnings, maybe 6,000 years of cycles of turning, uh, we've come to the end of the end of the end of the ages, a final dispensation. Israel becomes a nation within our generation that makes it unique, that makes it different. Technology has exploded. People are traveling all over the world by Bible signs. Um, so we're here. We really are in something. So what are we going to do? That's the question. All right. So the number to call, 818-369-0326. We're waiting for your call. Any questions, any comments? For those of you who were not aware of what was happening, uh, we want to share this video with you again. And uh, just in case you were not able to see what was happening in on the border of Alberta. All right, so I'm going to type it in again that we have. Let me see what it is. Just so you, I just want to kind of remind us of these realities. Um, let's go to from the ground. All right, so from the ground, there it is. Alberta, here is the video that we want to share with you. I'm going to go ahead and share the screen once again. I'm going to put this up on the screen. We'll go over here to this, and then we're going to go to this. And we're going to share it, and we're going to go here. Let's see.
right. So, you know what I hear when I was watching that the second time? The first time it came to mind, but let me read to you a little story um, that may sound a little bit familiar to what's going on in Canada right now. It's the story of Valley Forge, and you probably remember the story with President George Washington. Um, Here's just a little bit of the article about Valley Forge for those that maybe haven't heard because so many people have been cut off from the history of the United States of America. Valley Forge functioned as the third of eight winter encampments for the Continental Army's main body, commanded by General George Washington at the time, during the American Revolutionary War. In September 1777, Congress fled Philadelphia to escape the British capture of the city. After falling to re, or after failing to retake Philadelphia, Washington led his 12,000-man army into winter quarters at Valley Forge, located approximately 18 miles northwest of Philadelphia. They remained there for six months from December 19, 1777 to June 19, 1778. At Valley Forge, the Continentals struggled to manage a disastrous supply crisis while retaining and reorganizing their units. About 1,700 to 2,000 soldiers died from disease, possibly exacerbated by malnutrition. All right, so uh, that is just the beginning of the story. I have some friends that tell the story really well. You know, when you're fighting to win a war, when you're, you know, you're engaged, uh, here were 12,000 men that were in the brutal realities of winter. It's winter time right now. And I know that the unthinkable thing that people really don't want to think about, or it's like, a, ooh, that sounds exciting, uh, an electromagnetic pulse, you know, where they're right now, they're having a crisis around the world. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but it's really on the mainstream news media now that there are electromagnetic pulses, radio waves, that are actually being used against diplomats around the world that are getting sick out of nowhere. It started in Cuba, Havana, Cuba, I believe it was, where the diplomats were just getting radiated by something, and they've actually discovered and are actually saying that it was some kind of a bioweapon that was being used or a weapon utilizing uh, pulses, electromagnetic pulses, to make people sick and get them into all these different symptoms. That was happening all over the world. Somebody is learning to manipulate the nuclear weapon or the electromagnetic pulse weapon that potentially could shut down nations that will have no electrical power. Well, in 1777, with George Washington and his armies, the Continental Army, going to fight the British Empire, they were in six months of brutal conditions, the crisis of no food supplies, their, their, their boots were wearing out. Their clothes were tattered and, and broken. I mean, it was a nightmare. Now, there were some mir- miracles that happened for them. You'll retell the story of how they were able to take over one of the camps and get all the food and, and shoes and clothing, and they were able to go on and win the war. Uh, it's a fascinating story of the miraculous working power of God among people that were fighting for the nation. You know, those that were sitting back, you know, hoping for the best, um, you know, they, they weren't encountering the miracle. They were the recipients of that miracle so that they could continue to live a beautiful life and then build a nation. Well, today there is a call into, uh, you know, this aggressive spiritual warfare that's going on 
and we find, again, that people are just willing to, you know, just not show up because it's too cold outside or uh, they're willing, they're not just not willing to get involved. And unfortunately, these times demand involvement to some degree. And I just wonder where it's all going to go. I wonder where it's all going to go. Uh, Sebastian is with us today. There's audio feedback from this video. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, right now, everything should be moving forward. Good snowy morning from uh, Pastor Denny Sussman. So again, good morning to you, sir. And what are we looking at today? What is it that's actually going on in our nation? Uh, looks like we still have a call coming in. I, I think this is a call coming in from area code 479-619. Uh, good morning, Ray. Are you there? And did you have a question, sir, or a comment? No. 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 Uh, no. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I just wanted to make sure that call wasn't coming in. So, okay, lines are open, 818-369-0326, 818-369-0326. What are you looking at in the world today? What are you seeing? Are you seeing, when you look out at the world, at the landscape of the world today or in our own nation today, do you see a bright, sunny day dawning on the horizon of a new morning um, and if so, what does that mean to you? What does that look like? When you look out, what do you see? Maybe a little more darkness, a little colder, a little bit more brutal? What are you, what are you seeing happening in the world today? I believe the first source of information before there was ever a YouTube, before there was ever any of this stuff that people are now just, you know, feeding on all over the world, the Bible was the greatest and remains the greatest source of information of what will happen to a person or a nation that conducts themselves before the living God a particular way. I don't need YouTube to tell me what is happening. When we began to murder innocent babies in the womb, a conversation people don't even want to have anymore today, in 1972 and 1973, when we began to legalize abortion within our nation, which was on the heels of the sexual revolution of the 1960s in Woodstock, like we heard yesterday as well, which was on the heels of uh, the early 1960s where government decided to make war with God, which was on the heels of a rock and roll revolution that was hitting the nation and a rebellion that was beginning to rise which was on the heels of Alfred Kinsey, the father of the sexual revolution, which was on the heels of communism saying, we will destroy the United States of America without a shot fired. We will promote pornography and destroy the family, which was on the heels of, and I could go on down the list of how we got to where we are to the 1970s. Now we're murdering babies coming out of a woman's matrix, out of a woman's womb. We're now slaughtering babies legally so you don't have to get it done by a coat hanger in the backseat of a car by some dark, dark doctor. So now you could go out and freely have sex because of the sexual revolution. You could get pregnant, want, not want the responsibility. So go to a doctor's office and have them murder the, ba the baby, that blood dripping down the sinks and all of that stuff into the beneath where we walk to the tune now of realistic numbers, and we've been saying it for a while, it's even probably closer to 100 million, 100 million 
innocent baby lives that have been slaughtered. Now, when a nation begins to do that in rebellion against God's sanctity of life, shedding innocent blood, which is an abomination to God, I don't need YouTube to tell me what's going to happen to that nation. God's word will tell me what's going to happen to that nation. So we've been crying out for this for over 40, nearing 50 years. Coming up on 50 years, 1972 and 73 is where that was all happening. We're coming up in, now we're in the year 2022, coming up in the 50-year mark. My God, 50 years of systematic, legislated, mass murder of the most innocent blood, because they say it's not a baby, it's an embryo, but science is showing that at the moment of conception, there's a flash of light that goes off, the burst of life. My God, that is, that is so rich. If people would just understand that even in Jeremiah, what did God say? He said, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the belly. In other words, you were unformed mass. You were blood tissues, cells. I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. I mean, God is the God of life. So I didn't need anybody to tell me on YouTube or Facebook or anywhere else what was going to happen to our nation. I knew by reading the Bible that the crimes that we committed against God, and then not only that, the opening of the belly of the beast out of Hollywood that began to pour out the filth, to pour out the scum, to pour out the nasty rebellion of hate and murder and bloodshed and violence and sexual uh, inordinancy, that wasn't a mystery any longer of what was going on. Shed the innocent blood on the altars of idolatry, energize and empower demonic spirits to activate in world government, and now release the filth out of the belly of hell that will consume the minds of the masses. They will come under the horror films and the thrillers and the nightmare movies of violence and bloodshed and murder and rape and all these things. And then, while that's going on, introduce drugs into the society. In the 1980s, cocaine was the big drug. Now release ecstasy, crystal methamphetamine. Open up the borders. Bring the cartel. Let the politicians do their drug deals like Bill Clinton and the drug cartels of Arkansas. Uh, Open the doors to the floodgate. Now bring the high-powered politicians to Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile island and let them have sex with children under age that is pedophilia and then let it be like the roman empire where grown men are having sex with little boys and and make this all normal in society cover it up we are now the lords we are now the masters they said we have sex with young girls 15 16 17 on islands that we go to that are protected by world government and politicians who have all the money and i didn't need YouTube to tell me what would happen to a nation that does such things, and not only a nation that promotes the mass murder of over 100 million at home, but also sends Planned Parenthood taxpayer dollars of the American people around the world to supply the needs to abort over 600 million innocent babies around the world, this global empire shedding blood because Satan doesn't want America alone, he wants the world. And so this has been happening now for coming up on 50 years, and then not too long ago, six years ago, in the summer of 2015, the legalization 
of the same Supreme Court of the United States of America, legalizing men marrying men, women marrying women, thus further making war, destroying the sanctity of marriage, making marriage a reproach, and the God who created all these things, God is the author of marriage, knowing what was intended to bring forth offspring, to to be fruitful and multiply in a relationship of marriage that was sanctioned by God, now the global world leaders in our country and around the world legislate the abomination of homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, no longer a uh, an important conversation because churches have accepted it. Everybody's accepted it. It's normal. Leave it alone. It is what it is. You need to be a loving Christian and don't get say anything about that. You know, you got to be loving. Well, while all that is going on, what's really happening is we are sinking diabolically deeper and deeper and going further and further. And that's why God is saying, don't pray for the nation. Pray for the genuine saints of God to be able to navigate through this moment that's coming on the earth because I'm going to send fanners. I'm going to send men like caterpillars. I'm going to loose those who have polished the sword of war, the nuclear sword of war, those that will have the ability to shut down the electrical power grids all over the world. I'm going to release them, and you need to let the people know, make them ready. You're not giving them a sci-fi supernatural thriller movie. I'm telling you by my word, saith the Lord, that if I send fireballs from heaven to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, And I warned in the New Testament, anybody that would follow that example would suffer the same vengeance, and yet your preachers won't preach it, your prophets won't tell it, they'll tell you about how to get successful and make money and earn money, and that's what's been going on in our country. And so the people are about to be caught off guard more than ever before, but from behind this pulpit and behind radio pulpits, the warning before COVID-19 hit was Isaiah 47.11. An evil is coming from where you do not know. You will not be able to put it off, et cetera, et cetera. And the warnings that have been going on for years by the true prophets of God to this nation and around the world, their words are being fulfilled, and yet the masses remain blinded by the smooth-tongued political prophets who are in it for their own selves and to make everything hunky-dory and good and better than it's ever been before. And people are still being persuaded by that persuasion and by that conversation and are refusing to come to a time of knowing what is going on. America has been under judgment for years now within our generation. We have refused to look at 9-11. We have refused to look at what has happened to the eastern seaboard of the United States with hurricanes and floodings and all that has happened in this country. The insanity uh, that hit our nation from the school shootings, to the mall shootings, to the theater shootings, to the concert shootings, to the beheadings of a woman in Oklahoma City by a Muslim. We, we have refused to pay attention to what is really happening in our nation. And as long as that thing stays up in Alberta, ah, it'll be okay. You know, yes, they stole the election. There's nothing we could do about it. Well, if they could do that, what else are they going to do that you're not going to be able to do anything about? What else? And this is where this country is. I think it's a very simple and clear understanding, quite frankly, of where we are as a nation. And the worst, all the pawns, all the footmen, soldiers, they've kind of run their course. Now it's time to release a rook. Uh, Now it's time to release some high-powered knights. Um, And we're sitting by 
and we're discomforted by the littlest things, and we call ourselves the great church of Jesus Christ, and the smallest of little things takes us out of the ballgame. This pastor, I'm more concerned in, in my heart. I, if you get right into my belly, it's bursting with, with something I can't even describe because of the absence of people that claim to be something, and yet when a minor, tiny, little test comes, respond to it totally opposite than the way they should have responded to it. And it shows me what they're going to do when the big stuff comes. It shows me that their decision-making prowess is faulty and their judgment is off and they still don't know and understand what it means to be all in, ready for what is coming on this earth. As a pastor, I'm terrified. It's terrifying. Because by now, the, the army of the Lord ought to be walking in a divine cadence. They ought to be submitting to godly authority. They ought to be asking the authority in, in, in the army, should we do this? Rather than should we, they just do it. And thus potentially leading others away in another direction, thus dividing the armies. You know, thank God when George Washington was the commander-in-chief, those 12,000 men followed their commander. They followed the man that was before them. And because they did, even though it was brutal, and they had to suffer with their torn shoes and their ripped coats and their starvation conditions and people were dying, at least they didn't abandon ship and say, wow, this is a bad decision, George. We're out of here. They would have known, been known as defectors, or they would have been hung later on for coming against the commander of the army when the battle was over. But you see, the church today really is shaken by a leaf. Very self-centered, self-sufficient. They don't know anything about really submitting to godly authority. And you take this all over this country and around the world where you have these people that are proclaiming to be Christians, whether they are part of a group, at least physically, but not spiritually submitted to the authority of those groups, that they take it upon themselves to do what they think is right because they're smarter. That's a Korah spirit among them. And this is running rampant all over the world. And maybe they don't know it. Maybe they don't understand it. Maybe they don't think of it that way. But before God's word, that's exactly what it is. And they are not going to survive. They are not going to prevail. They are not going to make it. And unless God convicts them in their heart and mind, maybe during the next test they'll do what they're supposed to do rather than what they think they should do. Now, you take this into what's going on in our country and around the world right now. People are isolated. People are self-sufficient. People are doing it on their own. People are scattered. There's no leadership. Um, Churches aren't even showing up anymore. They're shutting down. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. You know, they're looking everywhere but where they should be looking to. And the mindset 
is just so awkward. I could be wrong about what I'm saying. I'd love for somebody to tell me where I'm missing this on this. But it sounds awfully strange. I'm going to take a call coming in from area code 571419. Good morning. God bless you. And welcome to the broadcast. Is this our dear friend, Pastor Jeff Bass? Yes, sir. Good morning. How you doing? Well, I think I'm doing okay, Pastor Jeff. How are you doing this morning? Hey, man, I'm blessed today. Blessed. I didn't catch the probably the first 10 or 15 minutes of the show this morning. I was we're doing a doing a doing a task, but I was able to catch the rest of it and jump on. And uh, and I tell you, it's very interesting. Fantastic show as always. Thank you, thank you. So so talk to me. What's happening? Uh, you know, I, I get out here and and I'm saying these things, and you know, it's out on it's out on the limb, it's out on the edge. But I, in my spirit, in my my gut, Pastor Jeff, in my belly. Uh, I'm unnerved about something, and I'm trying to understand exactly what it is, and I think I'm on the track of discovery. Uh, help me out here. Well, Pastor, uh, I think you are. One of the first things I did when I sat down to, to listen to your show, I just happened to – I reached over to my right and happened to come across some notes that you had, notes that I had taken from from one of your teachings, I guess, about a month or two ago, where you were talking about the four shifts – and you were talking about quickly January to March, mandatory vaccinations, mandates, uh, April through June, persecution going to come quickly. You talked about stigma, stigmatization, July through September, mark of shame or discredit. And then, of course, October through December of this year, further collapse of morality, family, freedom, and et cetera. I was just meditating on those. I think there's a lot of stuff going on, and I think we all are frustrated by what's going on, and, I, I, again, I was taking notes. I mean, I just think the first thing is there's a battle that's going on, of course, between good and evil, but I think, as a, you know, you mentioned earlier as a pastor, and, we, and I'm a pastor, and, and, and we kind of, I won't use the word get upset, but we, can, we may get discouraged, or we just like, you know, why, why, why isn't this happening, or, or to organize the body of Christ or whatever. And so I believe the Holy Spirit was giving me two D words, deception versus discernment. And the Lord was telling me, I'm, I'm going to begin to pray that the church, the pastors, the members, and the people, the other uh, Christians, that we would pray for discernment. And God took me to 1 Kings chapter 3. And starting at verse 9, where Solomon, who, as we know, the Bible says, was the wisest man, you know, other than Jesus, I mean, or, or, or natural man, Solomon, he, that's where he asked for discernment. He asked for, it is, to be specific, Solomon asked for a discerning heart so that he could lead God's people and to distinguish between right and wrong. And that's where we are today. We need, especially Christians, to be able to discern between what's right and what's wrong. I would say between what's godly and ungodly, because there's a there's a lot of things I see Christians follow, but is that God? Is it, it may be good, but is it God? And secondly, uh, uh, Solomon, you know, he said that that I can lead your people. And in the end of that story, we know in First Kings chapter three. And, I, and I've, I've taught that in church before. If you ask God for something, God will give it to you, but then God is going to allow you to use what you ask for or put you through the test. After Solomon asked for that, the story of the two ladies who had babies 
and one baby died, and the other lady, uh, uh, she took the one, the baby of the woman who died, and then, you know, you got a dilemma there, and Solomon had to basically discern between right and wrong, who was right and who was wrong. So God gave him an, uh, an unusual solution, or what I would say a godly solution, not a natural solution, but a godly solution to the problem, he said, bring me a sword, the baby it has, and give half to you and half, you know, half to the woman who doesn't have a baby and half to the other woman. And the woman who, whose baby had, 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 had died or whatever, she said, no, don't do that. Give it to the, give it to the other woman. And the other woman was going to take it. But then Solomon said, no, that's okay. I know now which one, you know, what's right and wrong, who's, you know, who's the culprit, so to speak. So he used immediately that discernment that he gave him. And I believe, Pastor, that the body of Christ, and this is not, like I said, so when people hear this, don't say he's judging me or whatever. I just think we're not discerning what's going on. Uh, and I'll stop right there, but, well, you know, and, and, you know, allow you to, you know, to agree or disagree or interject. Oh, I absolutely do. And it's a blindness. It's a blindness on the minds of the masses. It's, a, it's what the Bible said would happen in the last days, that the majority of people would defect from the truth because their deception, deception has taken over their minds. And um, their love would grow cold and hate would take over and uh, offenses would come and fear would come. And it, it's happening all over the world. I totally agree. And, and, and I by the way, the people are... People are looking at the surface and they're not looking deep enough. I mean, the whole, you know, what is what is the agenda of what's going on in the world? You know, what's the bottom line? What's the end game? The one world government, the new world order. And to me, they don't see that. But they don't, I mean, they don't, when you, when you say that, a lot of people I talk to, what's that? And then I have to explain that. And then if you, you know, they say, well, did you see what's going on with the government? Did you see this? What about racism? Well, there is, but it's bigger than just the. When you say racism, is what what the enemy is using to drive to a civil war, so that it can be so so that the country can be destroyed. So when I talk to some people, I try to say, don't just look at the surface. You know, well, you know, this is racist. This is this, and this is this. I mean, up in up in our area here in the Washington D.C. area, I don't know if you heard it on the on the news there. But uh, during this week, there's been uh, uh, calls made, and, and they haven't identified who, who's making the calls to uh, historically black colleges and universities, call them HBCUs, black you know colleges. And there, and someone's calling, making bomb threats, because there's several uh, HBCUs up in this area, Howard University, universities over in Maryland, and so forth, and. They're, they're having to tell people to, uh, you know, shelter in place. They've been pranks. And this has been going on for the last week or so. You know, and people are, you know, well, you know, somebody's calling the black universities and so forth and so on. And I'm not, please, I'm not making light of that, but, I, but I'm just saying the enemy is trying to push this, which is just one piece of the plan of the New World, New World Order, and to bring America into subjection to be part of this, you know, to for the total destruction of this country. And we as the church have to, to me, see that spiritually and say it's bigger than just that, you know. 
what what's behind this? What's the end game to this? And to me, this comes through that D word again, discernment, the spiritual discernment. We have to discern uh, uh, the seasons, like in Issachar's day. We have to be able to see that. We have to ask God. If we don't have discernment, we need to pray for discernment. Amen. What an exhortation. And, you know, we've heard that before, but the exhortation, the trumpet's blowing louder on that. And so we are we need to personally pray for discernment. We need to corporately pray for discernment. And, um, you know, I was looking as you were talking at the word division. You know, a house divided cannot stand. You know, divide and conquer. And you look at that word division. D is to separate or to divide the vision. And what's happening in America today, there are two visions for this nation. It's a two-vision, it's a D-vision that is happening that creates. If you have two people going in an opposite direction, you cannot have tranquility. You cannot have peace, right? Yeah, I'm on last. I'm on last. Yeah. So we we live in a time of, you know, even two – are you there, Jeff? I'll call you back. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I'm here. So – so we, we, we just look at things through the eyes of words that we speak. And what is division? A husband has a direction over here, a vision for his marriage. A wife has over here a different vision for their marriage. Uh, it's not going to work. It's going to pull against unless there's a yielding one to another, a submitting one to another. A nation, what is the vision of this nation? What do we want? Well, the vision over here is we want everybody to marry whoever they want to. We want to be able to kill babies. Uh, we want to watch all the stuff on, on, you know, that we want to and not be moved by it. Uh, we want liberty and freedom, they call it. Others want morality. They want peace. They want joy. They want things holier, cleaner. Um, so you have this, these two different visions, and that's what's tearing our nation against it. And the founding vision of the nation is the one that should be supported because that's the one that made it work. And yet we live in a nation where people have been just blacked out from their uh, historical reality. They don't see it the way it was. Your thoughts? No, I think you're absolutely right. And again, when I say the, the discernment and, 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 and the division, another D word like you were saying, I think what to get us back on track is, of course, our uh, biblical compass, the Bible. I also, while I was listening to you, the Lord gave me to go to, to Psalm chapter 18. And verses 2 and 3, but but specifically 2, but I wrote 2 and 3 down, and it says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Then it says, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. I think, Pastor, and I could break that down, but I think, I'm going to just use an America now, and everywhere, but we're looking for someone to get us out of all of this mess that we're in. And we're looking for someone to do that. Uh, there were people who were looking for Trump to do that, but then people who hated Trump were looking for Biden to do that. But, you know, it's not a debate about, we talked about that, who I, you know, we believe that was better. But, but the point is, put no trust in man. That's Bible. I mean, as Christians, we can't. We could try to debate that, but if we say we believe what the Word of God says, that's what the Word of God says. Don't get me wrong. We should vote. We should do stuff. But our our trust should not be in man. It should be in God. 
And I think we've turned from God all these years, just as you articulated, the aborted babies, the the pedophile, all this, this this cup of wrath and and indignation and sin, and we've got to turn back to God. We've got to cry out to God. We've got to, these these key words in the Lord. You're my rock. You're my fortress, and you are my deliverer. Uh, uh, again, uh, uh, I'm not putting President Trump down. If I had a talk with him, I said, I'm not putting you down, Mr. Mr. President. But as a man of God, let me give it to you straight. You're doing Save America rallies. You can't save America. I don't care who it would be. See, it's hard for me because sometimes I don't get amens in my church because I give it to them straight. And I had to get used to that. It is not about a man. Yeah, we vote, you do all that. But as a church, as Christians, Pastor, we got we to gotta t- t- teach people, tell people, encourage one another. It's not about the man. If, if if we pray the prayer as as God to deliver us, God will send a man. He did it in the Bible. He sent Moses to deliver the Israelites. But but you have to. We have to give God the credit, not man the credit. God will use a man. He use a woman. He use whomever. He use a donkey. But the point is, we've forgotten that. I believe <laughs> you've got. You know, people got so political, they forgot to be spiritual. And Amen. that's where we are. He, he says, in it, I'm your rock. He's whatever we need. I'm your fortress. It's protection. I'm, the, I'm your deliverer. He says he's, he's the rock again. He says, we can take refuge in him. He's my shield. He's the horn of my salvation. The horn is strength. So that's what we need to focus on, you know, more, I believe. Amen. Amen. Well said, and what a great exhortation, and uh, it's very needed right now, and praise God. I want to ask you a question, Pastor Jeff. Do you believe on uh, just a a level playing field, do you believe that Donald J. Trump actually did win the election in 2020? Were there more votes for him than for Joe Biden from your perspective and what you've learned? Yes, I believe he did. And yet, I believe him. I mean, I, I mean, okay. we, I sat and watched after the election uh, how they showed the footage of what's the stuff that went down in Georgia, the stuff that went down in Arizona, and the stuff that did that, and you know, the stuff that happened in Arizona and so forth. But the problem is that people, some, most, some, some know what I'm about to say, but some don't. You know, it's the people that have been that are in the positions of authority have been uh, compromised. So therefore, you're not going to get a fair shake. You know, you got judges, you got people in in those seats of power. So that's what I'm saying. We've got to begin to pray. God remove those those people who are in position. See, like I said, you know, I've said uh, uh, in some of my messages, we're in a season where the rubber meets the road. If I say I trust God, I got to trust God. If I say I believe God, if I say I'm a Christian and the word of God is powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, it's time to put it, it's time to uh, 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 put up a shut up because you got witches and warlocks and different people out here praying against and trying to do stuff. But we, do we believe the God that we serve is stronger than them? Do we believe the God that we serve is greater? We sing the songs, we say this and that, but do we believe it? It's a great question. Are we, and you, are, are, are we exhorting it? 
Are we saying? Yeah. You'll know a tree by its fruits. You'll know a that's tree right. by its fruits. Yeah. That, that and, is absolutely uh, right. That's exactly right. So the fruits of what's going on in our country and in the churches of America today and around the world, um, no, no. Uh, we talk about, you know, spiritual warfare. We're fighting against the devils, the principalities, the powers. We, we, know, we know those scriptures. Um, and yet uh, an army that doesn't align itself with the, uh, the leadership that God puts within it, um, I don't care how much we speak those things, they're not going to be effective because the enemy knows how to divide and conquer. He's very good at it. So we need to, it really is a wake-up call. It is really a wake-up call. And what I'm feeling in my belly is it's so uncomfortable, um, and it needs to be understood. It needs to be fully understood. But as always, my dear friend, I thank you so much for calling in and bringing that pastoral heart and that information uh, to share with the body of Christ, Pastor Jeff. Anything else you'd like to share? Well, I would just like to close by saying not only should we be praying that our that our congregations, this is for pastors and, and everyone, that our congregations will have spiritual discernment and so forth, but I think as, I, as we close, the other word that I hear the Spirit of the Lord is saying is, is to pray for um, that, that there would be a heart transformation or a heart change, so to speak, because I think a lot of people's hearts have become hardened to 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 a lot of stuff, and I and I can kind of understand in the natural, but 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 we have to we have to you know change our hearts about it. That's why I think a lot of the situations that and and we could talk about this in the future or whatever and and stuff. It doesn't it doesn't change unless you have unless there's transformation unless there's a heart a heart change. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't. I don't have time to really, really, really delve into it. Like I really kind of would would would, would like to unpack it. But you, what I mean, a heart, I I leave you with this. I think the 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 uh, the problem with racism could 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 move forward in a positive way if each person would just check their heart and and make and and and, and keep it on the spiritual point. Because Second uh, uh, Corinthians five, uh, uh, what is it, uh, uh, five seventeen, I believe it is, where it, where it talks about uh, we're we're a new creation. Behold, we're a new creation. Mm-hmm. Old things pass away. All behold, all things have become new. And I have to remember that I'm a new creation in God. It's not by what I see. So I have to have in my heart. I don't hate you because of this. I don't hate you because of what happened in the past. I don't hate you anything. I don't hate any any. Now, it's love. I replace the hate with the love, with the love of Jesus Christ, the agape love. See, mm. I think, Pastor, we've talked about this, these things so many years, but like I said, God is saying that, Jeff. You said you had a, you were walking in agape love, but, but were you really? So now you really got to do it. I want to see the fruit, as, as Pastor Vincent said. I don't want to hear the talk anymore. Do you really love your brother? So those are the things mm. I think. You know, we should be having those type of rallies. We should be having those type of revi- uh, 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 whatever, whatever you want to call them, uh, encounters and so forth. And I think we see some real change, and we'll see a move of God. That's what I have to say. All right. Let's organize it. Let's get it together. Let's let the Spirit lead it, and let's make it happen. Amen. I totally agree. Amen. I'd rather right, be in the house brother. of the Lord with just a few people and to be in a massive crowd of people just kind of being misled and misguided about times we're in. All right, Pastor Jeff, God bless you, my friend. God bless you, and thanks for your conversation. We love it, 
as always, Pastor Jeff Bass from Virginia area, 35 miles from Washington, D.C. Always pray for his protection. Let's take another call coming in from area code 916. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast on this snowy, beautiful day in northwest Arkansas. Good morning, Pastor Vincent. Yes, Good it morning, is sir. so beautiful outside. My goodness, yes, I share your observation when you opened the broadcast this morning, how absolutely gorgeous it is out there. It's just a gift from God. And I have a couple of comments about the news media and the popular media. Uh, We're sitting here, we're looking out the window, we're looking at the snow on the ground and the snow on the roofs, and we're just admiring God's work. But if you turn to the news media and all across the Internet, when you read about the snow and the cold weather, you're going to be reading about doom and gloom and death and destruction. And, Pastor, this is the job of the news media. That's their job, is to keep people across the world, and especially in the United States of America, under the gun of fear and reproach and shame. That's the job of the news media. The news media is just completely demonically driven. You know, I, I, I looked at the news last night, I came across an article on abcnews.com. I was looking at it on my smartphone. And the news was talking about and celebrating a pair of same-sex penguins, a pair of male penguins that has fostered a, an egg and hatched an egg. And now they're foster parenting these two male penguins, a baby chick penguin. So they're celebrating at the zoo. It's at the Rosamont. Rosamond Gifford Zoo in Syracuse, New York. They, they put out a big old press announcement about how the same-sex couple is raising up a child. And, of course, the news media celebrates that and capitalizes upon it because the news media and the popular media, including the Internet, television, and motion pictures, they are working hard under the guise, under the the guidance of Satan to normalize, quote unquote, homosexuality in the United States of America and in the world. They're working really hard to normalize it, to make it look like it's okay, to make it look like it's normal. Pastor Bass, five minutes ago, made a very astute comment. This is where the rubber hits the road. It's time to rise up and make a decision who are we going to believe? Are we going to believe the messages put across by popular media, or are we going to believe the word of God? Unfortunately, Pastor, popular media is not aligned with the word of God. Unpopular media, such as your broadcast, Pastor, are being taken off the air whenever, you know, whenever YouTube or Facebook sees an opportunity to take you off the air, they do so because the truth that you are telling is not very pleasant to the deceiver. The truth that you are telling, which is the word of God, Pastor, is not at all pleasant to the sinner or to the wicked 
people who have in their hearts that they don't want to change. They just want to remain wicked and go on sinning. One thing about your, your teaching that I really, really enjoy and I really admire is that you engage in the process of repetition when you are declaring and teaching the word of God. I understand that the Spirit has led you to understand, Pastor, that the Word of God cannot just be taught one time during one simple church service. It's necessary and it's productive to say the Word of God over and over again so that people hear it and people get it down in their heart. A friend of mine who used to come to New Wine Ministry would complain to me that Pastor Vince just says the same thing over and over again, every service. Why do people sit still for that? My answer to him would be, people need to hear the truth of the word of God. It doesn't just sink in one single time. So let's contrast your teaching, Pastor, your declaration, your declaring of the word of God. Let's contrast that to what the news media is doing. The news media is putting in front of the American public in the print media, on television, on the radio, on the internet, COVID misinformation, vaccine misinformation. We have now a couple of popular folk artists of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, namely Joni Mitchell and Neil Young, who have withdrawn their music from Spotify, the music sharing website because they are protesting the Joe Rogan show. Joe Rogan is a fellow who comes on and openly declares that the United States government and the medical community are deceiving the nation with their information about COVID and the vaccination. So Mr. Rogan is being labeled an insane person. He's being labeled a spreader of lies, a, a, a a provider of misinformation about COVID. So the rubber is hitting, where the rubber hits the road, people need to make a decision. Will they believe the word of God or will they believe the popular media? The word of God states that a mischief will come that you cannot get away from. Um, Pardon pardon the uh, miswording of it, but the deception the misinformation propagated by the government, all of this was predicted and openly stated in the Word of God, in the Bible. And one only needs to make a decision to start reading the Bible instead of watching TV in order to come to an understanding as to what's going on in the world today. Two two quick more comments and then I'll, I'll let it go. I just want to applaud you publicly for sticking to your guns and openly and repetitively declaring the word of God on your broadcast and in person at church. I want to say that you're doing God's work and I just, I love you for that. I just love you to death for that. Thank you for that, Pastor. And my prayer for the United States of America and for the population of the world is that somehow the whispering of the Holy Spirit will somehow speak louder than the incessant, repetitive yammerings of the popular media, including the news media. 
Well, sir, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. God bless you, Pastor. Well, God bless you, and thank you for the kind words. They are very meaningful and appreciated deeply. Um, Thank you. I have a question for those of you that have remained on this broadcast. I want to ask you a question. In light of how we began the broadcast today with what's going on in uh, on the border of Alberta, Kansas, uh, Canada and the United States. So on the border, they're having a gathering. It's being it's coming. It, the, the, the government is coming against that. Uh, there's a cry for people to gather together. I want to ask you this honest question. I want you to stop for a moment and just think with me just for a moment. Would you go to support? truckers in the United States of America, our American truckers, if they were to go to Washington, D.C. to protest this government's corruption surrounding the city with hundreds of thousands of trucks, would you go to support them peacefully, but with determination that you deceived this nation, you lied to it, you cheated, and then you intimidated the people you lied to and cheated. And there's enough intelligent people that are going to now gather together to protest your criminal act of election fraud. Would you leave the comfort of your home to support the truckers, if the truckers in this country, the men and the women who drive those big rig trucks to get merchandise and supplies to all of this country's grocery stores and furniture stores and all of it, would you go and support them? Would you leave the comfort of your home, the comfort of your town, the comfort of your neighborhood? Would you go in the inconvenient cold weather? Would you sacrifice or not? It's a question for you to answer. I think a lot of people in this country are hoping that somebody will take a leadership role. And like the man who drove the truck in Canada who said to the government, You're really not in control. We are, the truckers, because we bring things to everywhere. So if the truckers took a leadership role to protest the criminal acts of this present administration and were willing to stand up, because truckers are pretty tough people, against the Antifas and the BLMs, and peacefully circle their wagons around the city of corruption, the city of murder, the city of bloodshed, and say, enough is enough. Would you be there to support them? Now, there are people that supported the truckers up in Canada by putting over $10 million into a fund where they could wait out the storm. Food, gasoline, and just stay blocking things off until change comes. While the government is now responding, they don't like that kind of support. So the government of Canada is responding. And you just wonder, 
the man on the video that I showed you was crying out. Support them. Would you support that same movement in the United States of America where we, the people of the United States of America, would be the man that would stand in the gap in this most critical time upon the history of this nation. We always want to look to a singular man, Donald Trump or somebody else. But the Bible talks about one new man made up of the Jew and the Gentile nations. Would the one new man, would the American citizens the 80 million of them who voted for the right president, would they stand in the gap, truckers from across this nation, to protest the illegal activities that have taken place in this country? And then those who committed the crime sought to intimidate, to control the narrative. Would you support them? Financially, going into a GoFundMe page, put millions so that they could do their job. Would you go there to be with them to show the number of discontented citizens who don't like being lied to by a government that there was supposed to be elected? They stole the election, which would give the right of the people to do what does it say in the Declaration of Independence? Uh, what is it, something about if your government becomes tyrannical and they do something evil? Uh, we, the people of the United States, should unshackle ourselves and replace them with a new guard, something like that. Would you do it? Would you show up to support them? I don't know if they're going to do it or not. The question came to my heart today. They're doing it in Canada. And you're waiting to see how the global response to their unwillingness to just take it. The American people have been lied to and have been defrauded and have been victimized by the criminal actions, federal government and global government. The day will come when men will look at Satan and narrowly look upon him and say, you're the one that did this? We have so empowered the evil in our society that we are afraid, many people in this country, to say anything. They have stolen the voice. They have demasculated the masses. They have put them in fear because we gave power to people that when you really see them for who they are, you would narrowly look upon them and say, you, you did this? If in the United States of America, the American people would stand up having the root system and the values of the founding fathers and all the documents of a constitution and a republic with the Declaration of Independence and a Bill of Rights and to stand upon that and to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that a criminal act has been committed that was not allowed to be investigated by the same Supreme Court that has been murdering babies for nearly 50 years, who has promoted the homosexual agenda in our nation by their decision, 
and they refuse to hear the case. It is time to disband them. It is time to replace them. According to the founding fathers, according to the documentation of our nation, it is time for we the people to stand and to unshackle ourselves from such an atrocity of a violent crime that they perpetrated upon this nation beginning in 2020 with the lie of a pandemic, with burning buildings, burning cities, killing people, killing police officers, and nothing going against them, just no resistance. It is time. What will it produce if 80 million people quietly protest and refuse to go home until change comes, until the thieves are held accountable, the criminals are held accountable. And what are the criminals doing? The criminals are accusing the righteous of being criminals because they want truth and morality and righteousness to prevail in their nation. It's just a question. It's just a question. And because the inevitable conclusion is that a house divided cannot stand, the obvious reality is the nation divided will collapse. The question is, will it just fall into the hands of the global, satanically inspired elite who murder innocent blood, hate God, blaspheme God, will we let it just go down without any resistance whatsoever when the documentation of the founding fathers for the American citizens was you are never to be intimidated by your government. You are only to obey them when they honor God Almighty in this country. They knew about abuse of power in other countries. You, you honor government as they honor God, Romans 13. It does not say that you honor them who blaspheme God in this country. And the word of God does not say that. I know people have suggested that you got to do it. You got to do it. Well, they've used the word of God and twisted it to their own fear. Yet the very apostle said it's better to obey God rather than men. We're going to stand up. If you do what is evil, we're not going to follow it. Yet we have documentation, legal documentation known as a constitution, a declaration of independence, the wisdom of our founding fathers, since there's no wisdom in this present age. All the goofy-minded politicians and government officials today, and when we heard a Donald Trump speak, out of the wisdom of the founding fathers, it sounded so refreshing. I guess we're all going to find out, aren't we? It's not important to say yay or nay right now. You know people by the decisions they make when it comes down to doing something. And we will be tested. And if the truckers and the people of this country, we, the people, the true American citizens of this nation, were to ever gather together to do what the Founding Fathers said to do in this country, 
it would put quite a wind in the sail of this nation. One way or the other, what will you do? What will you do? Brian and Kathy, I guess the question we must ask ourselves is, are we called to oppose Satan and his minions on behalf of righteousness? Or is all this happening because God is allowing it as a result of his judgment? Yes and yes. The inevitable conclusion, regardless, is that this nation has sinned grievously against God. But the American citizens also have a constitution, a declaration of independence, a bill of rights. And if they stood for those values of the founding fathers who fought a revolutionary war to build a great nation, we're talking about a peaceful protest in Washington, D.C., hundreds of thousands of truckers. If they were to do it, would you show up to support them? You may have questions, comments, and you need to weigh them carefully. And you need to look through the biblical lens at the signs of the times and come up with an honest answer. Because the time is coming. The frog in the pot will be able to do nothing. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. It's been an honor to be with you. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Vincent Xavier. Been listening to The Watchman on Omega Radio, nwmglobal.org as well, and Facebook and Blog Talk Radio. Until we meet again, shalom and God bless.